Hello everyone, my name is Andy Summers, and welcome to episode 24 of Reviving the Soul. So Abram went up from Egypt, he and his wife and all that he had, and Lot went with him into the Negev. Now Abram was very rich in livestock, in silver, and in gold, and he journeyed on from the Negev as far as Bethel, to the place where his tent had been at the beginning, between Bethel and Ai, to the place where he had made an altar at the first. And there Abram called upon the name of the Lord, and Lot, who went with Abram, also had flocks and herds and tents, so that the land could not support both of them dwelling together. For their possessions were so great that they could not dwell together, and there was strife between the herdsmen of Abram's livestock and the herdsmen of Lot's livestock. At that time the Canaanites and the Perizzites were dwelling in the land. Then Abram said to Lot, Let there be no strife between you and me, and between your herdsmen and my herdsmen, for we are kinsmen. Is not the whole land before you? Separate yourself from me, for if you take the left hand, then I will go to the right, or if you take the right hand, then I will go to the left. And Lot lifted up his eyes and saw that the Jordan Valley was well watered, everywhere like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, in the direction of Zor. This was before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. So Lot chose for himself all the Jordan Valley, and Lot journeyed east. Thus they separated from each other. Abram settled in the land of Canaan, while Lot settled among the cities of the valley, and moved his tent as far as Sodom. Now the men of Sodom were wicked, great sinners against the Lord. The Lord said to Abram after Lot had separated from him, Lift up your eyes and look from the place where you are, northward and southward and eastward and westward, for all the land that you see I will give to you and to your offspring forever. I will make your offspring as the dust of the earth, so that if one can count the dust of the earth, your offspring also can be counted. Arise, walk through the length and the breadth of the land, for I will give it to you. So Abram moved his tent and came and settled by the oaks of Mamre, which are at Hebron, and there he built an altar to the Lord. Genesis chapter 13. In the last chapter, Abram chose to temporarily move his family from Canaan to Egypt in order to escape the severe famine that was threatening his family with starvation. Abram did this without seeking the will of God first, and the results were disastrous. Abram deceived the local monarch, Pharaoh, into thinking that he and Sarai were not married, which landed Sarai in Pharaoh's harem. In order to protect Sarai, God inflicted Pharaoh's house with plagues until they realized that Sarai was not being harmed by the plagues. No doubt Pharaoh put two and two together and called for Abram. It is here that the story ends with an unexpected twist. Pharaoh, the pagan polytheist, rebuked Abram, God's prophet and chosen father of God's people for his sin. The application from this is staggering that when God's people fall short, God will most certainly use godless culture to bring his people to repentance and humility. Now when Pharaoh rebuked Abram, Abram remained silent. He said nothing. What could he say? He knew that he was wrong. Pharaoh then ordered him to take his wife and leave. And despite the plagues that the house of Pharaoh had suffered because of Abram, Pharaoh allowed him to leave unharmed. This, of course, is the fulfillment of God's promise to protect Abram. So he took all of his wealth that he had acquired in Egypt and returned home. Abram went directly to the first place in Canaan where he built an altar to the Lord. And just as the Sethites did in the past, Abram called upon the name of the Lord. Again, this can also mean proclaiming the name of the Lord. The point is, when Abram was shown his sin, the first thing on his mind was his need to reconnect with his God. He returned to a state of worship and proclaimed the goodness of God in the public square. Although Abram failed his last test, he had been redeemed by his response to his own chastisement. 
But Abram is about to be tested again. Now, apparently Lot, Abram's nephew, had accrued some wealth of his own, no doubt piggybacking off of Abram's success, and together their wealth had grown to such an extent that the land could no longer support them both. They were squabbling over wells, grazing pastures, and trying not to mix their flocks. And as the text states, this caused much strife amongst the two workforces. And so Abram, seeing the problem, seeks a solution and approaches the situation with much wisdom. Abram's approach is direct, it's careful, it's genuine, and it's humble. This is certainly something that we can learn from. So before I move on, I want to make sure that we understand the importance of this principle in our own lives, in our own relationships. Because when we find ourselves in those relationships that are being strained, or maybe they are receiving a lot of pressure, which is causing strife and contention, the correct approach is not to ignore it or tiptoe around the issue. But rather, we should address the problem directly. Now, we must be careful practicing tact while also remaining humble. This means that we are also willing to receive this kind of confrontation as well, not getting defensive, but accepting it with a humble attitude. The goal is unity as much as we can, or as much as our conscience and the scriptures allow it. Obviously, there will be times when we will not be able to unite on certain closed-handed issues. In Romans chapter 12, Paul tells the Roman church that if it is possible on your part, live at peace with everyone. And Abram certainly applies that here. And so, Abram offers a compromise, a risky, sacrificial compromise. But Abram is learning. Last week, Abram attempted to preserve God's promise on his own, but now he chooses to trust God's sovereign goodness and tells Lot to choose whichever land he wanted, and Abram would take whatever land he didn't choose. What if Lot chose the land that God had promised Abram? It didn't matter. Abram was learning to trust that God would work it out. Abram was letting go of his need to control, recognizing that God does not need anyone's help to bring about his own purposes. Lot looked at the land before him and chose the land that seemed to be the most beneficial, the Jordan Valley. It was well watered and had lots of space for grazing, but this valley also included the two cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. Now Moses makes a point here to express the wickedness of Sodom, for they were great sinners against the Lord. And at this point, we are not given any more information. Moses simply wants us to remember this for a future chapter. In contrast to Abram's failure in Egypt, Abram passes this test and God responds to Abram by confirming what had already been promised, that the land that Abram was in would be his and his descendants forever. And Abram moved to the Oaks of Mamre, no doubt another pagan sanctuary, and Abram claimed it on behalf of Yahweh by building an altar and worshiping the one and only true God. If there is one thing that we can learn from these two stories, from last week and this week, it is that we need to let go of our control. God is going to accomplish His purposes, whether we like it or not, and our resistance does not stop God or slow God down. It only makes it more difficult for us. If we truly love the Lord Jesus, then we will be obedient to His word and yield to His will, not out of coercion, but out of love. We are called to a sacrificial life, leaving behind temporary and material things and even our own deepest relationships. This is the cost of true discipleship. If we are going to be disciples of Christ, we must be willing to let it all go. What are you holding on to? What is your safety net? Is it Christ? Or is it your own stack of sandbags that you have built up around you? Christ is our only fortress. Because our safety nets, they break, and we can't stack our sandbags high enough. But Christ alone will stand forever.
If you have enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving a donation. There's a link in the show notes where you can do that. Also, if you would like to contact me or ask any questions, you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Psalm19Revive. This is also the last episode of season two. So we will be taking off for the next four weeks while I put together some new content for you all. Season three will include not only our regular Monday broadcast, but also a Theology Thursday broadcast that will also include interviews with some of the local pastors in my area to discuss some of the key points of doctrine from the Christian faith. And remember, apply all of scripture to all of life.